If you've been binging my free content here on this podcast or over on my YouTube channel, I want to take a quick second before I start this episode to thank you so much for being here. But the free stuff will only get you so far. So if you want my complete proven blueprint for opening a successful and sustainable play cafe or indoor playground business that is profitable from day one, I want to invite you to join me inside my signature course, Play Cafe Academy. Head to the show notes right now to get instant on-demand access to all 12 modules, your detailed pre-launch checklist, your 34-page business plan template, your plug-and-play financial model to help you estimate your startup costs and project your revenue, and everything you need to save time, money, and frustration throughout your opening process. For a limited time right now, you'll also get an entire month of free access to Playmaker Society, my invite-only membership created exclusively for Play Cafe Academy students who want to work with me personally to optimize and scale their businesses through coaching, guest experts, templates, and plug-and-play resources, plus collaboration with over 200 other owners, and so much more. The price for Play Cafe Academy will go up before 2022 is over. So lock in the current price and get all the exclusive bonuses, including a month inside Playmaker Society and getting a chance to work with me personally by heading to the show notes and choosing your preferred way to pay in full or over time right now. I will see you there. If you're in the play and party business and you want to operate with more ease and joy, all while making the living you dreamed of, I created the Profitable Play Podcast just for you. Join me, your host, Michelle Caruana, for Small But Mighty Tips Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays that will all add up to a big impact on your mindset, your business, and your bottom line. Stick with me to keep the passion and grow the profit in your play or party-based business. All right, Playmakers. So today we're going to be talking about ICAs or ideal customer avatars and why you might have multiple ICAs in your business and why that's okay. Now, if you've read any of the business books I've mentioned on this podcast, including Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller, which we read together in a five-part episode series starting back on episode 114 of this podcast, you should already be intimately familiar with the concept of ideal customer. And you're probably wanting to skip this one, thinking you won't learn anything new if you did listen to those episodes. But I promise this is really specific to indoor playgrounds and the Play Cafe business concept. And as a quick review, a customer avatar is essentially a representation of your ideal customer, the type of person you want to purchase your products or services. And to me, this concept of quote-unquote ideal customer is twofold. Yes, it's someone who can benefit from your services, but it's also someone who values your business and offerings and with whom you love working. And that's the essential part of the equation that many owners miss, and it in turn causes a drain on their resources and energy and team morale as a result. These owners focus their marketing messaging on being versatile and it they really miss the mark when it comes to one-to-one marketing. And as another quick review, essentially one-to-one marketing is a strategy that builds customer relationships, emphasizing personalized interactions, 
to foster customer loyalty and increase customer lifetime value. And increasing customer lifetime value means they're going to keep coming back to you again and again and again. I was reading an article in Forbes that basically says one-to-one marketing is the online version of your favorite deli handing you your order before you even place it. And while yes, it's important to build these relationships with the customers who come through your door, it's equally essential to build these relationships with potential clients who are coming across your business online for the first time as well. And I was speaking to my friend Michelle the other day, who's putting a course together on attracting and retaining team members. She was recently a guest expert on this podcast and in my Playmaker Society group. And she was mentioning to me how the idea of creating this avatar felt kind of (laughs) silly. And I have to be honest, I mean, she was right in that regard. She felt like choosing arbitrary hobbies and favorite movies and a job title for this made-up individual was a waste of her time because how could this possibly result in a boost in sales? Well, what I told her changed her way of thinking, so I'm going to share it with you now as well. When you have one specific real person or as close to real can get in mind, you're more likely to find success with this concept of one-to-one marketing. And this comes into play with your emails, your social media posts, your sales pages, everything throughout your business. Have you ever read an email from a business like an indoor playground that was kind of like a press release? Like they were standing on a stage making a huge announcement to the masses. Like, for example, maybe their email said, hey, Western New York, we just released our Santa events for this year. Here's the info and here's how you can buy. We look forward to seeing all of you. And that is typically, in my experience, not nearly as effective as taking a more personal approach. So for me, a better strategy might be typing the email out like you are reaching out to a friend via a DM to personally invite them to the event. So for example, you might say, Hey, Michelle, Santa events can be really overwhelming for kids, and I get it. That's why I created my Santa events this year with that in mind and with you in mind. The busy parent who wants to soak up every last second of holiday magic with your toddler without standing in line or pushing you way, your way through an overstimulating crowd just to get a glimpse of Santa for exactly 30 seconds during which your kid was probably crying or reaching out for you. And you can talk about what you know matters to them because you've identified them as your ideal customer for that specific service. And I even invite my event purchasers or even just those who are reading my emails to reply, literally just hit reply and it lets them know, hey, there's a real business owner on the other side of the screen who pours their heart into this business every single day, and they care about you and your family. So I might ask them to reply with something that they're really looking forward to doing, or if they have a favorite holiday craft that we might want to consider for our event, or maybe share a really positive experience that they had, or any suggestions that they have, or again, just something they're excited about. And does replying to these take 
a few moments out of every day? Yes. But this is something that can easily be outsourced. And I have dozens of email templates to help out with this delegation inside of Playmaker Society. So it doesn't just fall on your shoulders as the owner. But here's the thing. The conversion rate of someone replying and then not only making a purchase as a result of that email, but also them becoming a lifelong fan, supporter, and vocal advocate of our business is very high. This is a perfect example of a money-making task. As I talked about in detail in episode 114 of this podcast, which I'll link in the show notes. But as you know, I always like to prioritize money-making tasks. And like I said, this is a great example of that. Will the words of your emails when you write in this manner resonate with everyone? No, but they don't need to. And I know this is probably going to be very counterintuitive for many of you, but I want to encourage you to just go ahead and give this a try and see what happens. And not just on emails, but on Instagram, on Facebook, and really take advantage of the fact that you are a small local business and you do have the capability to make these personal connections and invite people to reply and open up that two-way door of communication. In my experience, this helped me fill events and parties and classes up with the kind of people that valued my business, who gladly pay full price, who appreciate and support all facets of our business, including our cafe, and they respect our staff and our space. So they're not the ones putting diapers in the toilet or leaving our space a mess or leaving negative Google reviews or being rude to our staff. And anyone who is currently open, unfortunately knows, even though you'd like to believe all customers are understanding and compassionate towards small local businesses, especially family-owned, parent-owned, women-owned businesses, it's simply just not the case, unfortunately. So I wanted to talk about an example of why and when your business might have two different ideal customer avatars for your different services to really help you implement this in practice. Because in my experience, this is typically where people get tripped up. And first, I want to share a quote from that Forbes article I mentioned from Minal Sampat, who is a marketer from Washington State. And he says, there are two ways to discover your ideal customer avatar. If you've already been in business for a few years, You may have heard the description and realized you already know your ideal customer avatar because they're an actual customer of yours. So while we go through these examples, I want you to think about any current customers you may have because this will make the entire exercise easier. So who strolls in that door and is so happy to see you and you're so happy to see them? Who shares your posts and invites friends and is very compassionate to your staff and just is a light in your space. And like I said, values and respects it. And if you're not yet open, you could create that, that, um, that avatar type profile I spoke of, or even use a past version of you as your ideal customer avatar, a parent who was yearning for more to do in your area with young children, or you could choose a close friend or a neighbor. All right, so let's talk about memberships. 
So for our indoor playground, our membership customers looked entirely different from our party customers. And a lot of people, especially prospective owners, were surprised to hear that there actually wasn't a lot of overlap between the two. So our memberships, our membership customers weren't booking parties, and our party customers were typically not in our member pool. Our ideal member for our membership package was a 35-year-old mom named Stephanie. And again, this is really specific because we're creating an actual avatar. And yes, Stephanie was an actual customer of ours. Stephanie had a three-year-old and an infant who both loved dressing up and using their imagination, making them a great fit for open play in our space. Stephanie does some freelance work on the side, and she appreciates a change of scenery so she can answer a few emails while her toddler plays and maybe her infant takes a nap in the car seat or a baby carrier. Stephanie is very price conscious because she's only working part-time right now and is highly motivated by value and discounts or getting a great deal. She loves a good cup of coffee if it's within her budget. She mainly wants to play during weekday mornings and early afternoons since her three-year-old has dance and soccer and other activities all weekend long, and she likes to reserve that time to spend with her spouse who works during the week. Stephanie lives about five miles from our location and drives her minivan into our space for convenience. Stephanie probably would not book a party with us, though she might because we were higher priced than our competitors and really focused on the premium nature of our parties. And Stephanie is a penny pincher, and she's proud of it. That's not speaking negatively of Stephanie, and it's meant no disrespect. She simply does not need or value anything more than a simple balloon bouquet and the aesthetic of a local rec room. So if she doesn't value any of our key offerings of our party services, why would she want to pay a premium for it? If she did somehow decide to extend herself a little bit financially and book a party, she would likely come early and try to stretch every single offering to, again, get the most value out of her money. She'd be stressed and nervous about the bill, and that would show through in her attitude throughout the entire party. And it would cause her to miss out on many special moments with her family. She would try and get items shaved off the bill leading up to the party, like cleanup or favors or plates, because she has the time and the will to DIY or do those things herself. In fact, she enjoys doing the DIY and rolling up her sleeves, and she gets a thrill from saving money. And she likely would not tip the staff very well and may even complain after the party because she just didn't feel like the price was justified. And to her, it's not justified because her values and needs do not align with our core offerings. And that's not saying that we should lower our prices to better accommodate Stephanie. We have to charge what we have to charge to stay sustainable as a business. And for our indoor playground specifically, because we closed and hosted private parties, it did allow us to go over the top with decorations, but we did have to charge more for it because we couldn't churn out one party after another after another. It required time and cleanup and expertise, 
And it's just something that we had to do to stay in business. And it's okay that not all of our service offerings are perfectly aligned with Stephanie's values. Now, moving on to our ideal party customer, and she's a little bit different. Her name is Tracy. And again, yes, she was a real party client of ours. She works full-time as a real estate agent and has unpredictable hours. She has neither the time or interest to DIY and would prefer us to handle all of the details from invites to food to decor, but she also does not want to skimp on style because she works really hard. And because Stephanie holds value in taking these items off her plate, she's more than willing to pay for that convenience. She needs simple online booking since she will likely browse our packages late at night because, again, unpredictable hours, and she needs the convenience of easily filling out her party preferences online prior to the event as well. She doesn't want to get on the phone. She doesn't have any extra questions or requests. She is, again, very limited on time. And speaking of, she doesn't want to spend time running around the party cleaning up plates or playing host or anything like that. So she tips the staff well since they allowed her to spend the day with her kids and family and, again, not playing party host. Now, this is a very simplified version of this exercise. Again, you should go back and read Building a Story Brand and then listen to my five-part episode series, again, starting with episode 114. But you can see pretty clearly that these two customers have different values, different um, lifestyles, and they're just different and they find joy in different things. And that's okay. So when I write my party emails and create my booking page, I have Tracy in mind, like her specifically. I literally pretend like I'm writing directly to her as a friend. I make sure everything is clear and quick for her to complete. I highlight the convenience and ease of having an event in our space, and I use words like premiere and ultimate. When I put our membership marketing materials out there, you guessed it, this time I do so with Stephanie in mind. I use words like value and savings, and I would even show a breakdown of how much she can save by purchasing a membership over a pack of play passes or daily passes. I show how much she can save on coffee and other items like classes and event tickets as a member. So your play of the day today is to write down your main list of service offerings and try and come up with a basic ideal customer avatar for each of them, just like Stephanie and Tracy. And again, these could be a little bit extreme and it could feel a little bit silly. And maybe you have a real customer list to choose from Maybe you use a past version of yourself, or maybe you create a fictional character. But just keep in mind, the main point here is to understand what each of them values most. What's on that checklist in their mind as they browse through a sales page? What things and words and offerings should you be highlighting that will jump off the page and make them say, yes, this is exactly what I was looking for? Because once you do that, your conversion rate on these booking pages will increase. You'll need to spend less time marketing and advertising because you're getting more bookings from your current website traffic once you make these small tweaks. 
your service offerings will start to not only be filled, but filled with the exact people who you created that specific offer for. Customer experiences will become better because they're more tailored to them. Positive reviews will increase, refunds and complaints will decrease, and staff will be happier. Life and business will feel easier, I promise. It took me forcing myself to put this into practice to understand just how effective this can be, even though it can feel a little bit silly or counterintuitive at times. Now, back in episode 138, I talked about my ideal customer for my Play Cafe Academy course and who is a good fit for my programs and who may not be. And is it still hard to tell some people, no, I don't think you're a great fit and turn that money away? Sure. But as I always say, by saying no to one person, you're making space for the perfect yes that will light both of you up as a result and create a lot more net benefit in the process for both sides. So again, your play of the day is to literally make a list of your main service offerings. So maybe it's open play, maybe it's memberships, parties, classes, and I want you to at least come up with a rough draft, simplified version, just like Stephanie and Tracy, so that you can better understand who you're speaking to when you post about your different offerings. And it's going to make delegating these tasks a lot easier to your staff if they can have a little bit more insight into who you created these offerings for because sometimes as owners, we forget our staff are in our world part-time. They're not living and breathing our businesses like we are. They have families and friends of their own. Maybe they're in school. They have a lot going on in their head. And sometimes it can be really hard to clarify exactly what each offer is for. And it can be really hard for them to really deeply understand when, again, they're not living and breathing the business. So this is a really simple and easy exercise to help them clarify that in their own mind so that they can be better salespeople for their business, for your business, excuse me, so that they can start taking over blogging or email marketing or social media posting, or just so they can better understand who they're serving. Because a lot of your staff are not going to be parents. They're not going to understand the unique needs and challenges of the different types of parents that are out there with the different lifestyles that we discussed. So this is an exercise that will benefit your business in multiple ways. And if you'd like to share your ideal customer avatar with us, definitely post about it in Playmaker Society. We talk about implementing the plays of the day all the time. And if you're not, that's okay. Message me on Instagram. Let you know. Let me know if you found this helpful. And as always, the best way that you can show support for me or for the show is to leave a rating and review wherever you are listening. It's so appreciated. All right. Have a great weekend with your families. I look forward to speaking with you right here on this podcast feed again on